in this town at the time it's like a little hick town you'd never know it by what it looks like today but it's yeah, just exactly. like a just like a hick town no i don't even remember any kids being close to me you know so i spent most of my time by myself and uh also my mother passing away like when i was when i was young so there wasn't much guidance there my father was a you know total working guy you know, worked all day, drank all night type of guy. Yeah. So he was not, he wasn't around. I pretty much was left to my own self to come up with how to pass my time and shit. Yeah. Wound up spending most of my time out in the woods doing this and doing that. And then uh, basically kind of like fucked myself when it came to like when, it, when all of a sudden now I got to go to school and I got to you know communicate with kids and shit but i I just don't know how because i just don't have those skills you know now i know that i don't mean to cut you off at all but i know that like i was never here in monfield new jersey and um thank you i appreciate it um so there it is i wouldn't say it's a city city it's it's kind of suburbia of sorts but there are houses and there's your, your strip malls and everything so like where was like the next kid like growing up he was probably like three quarters of a mile, a mile away. Okay. See, the thing was, at that point, the, see, this town, we're right, we're lucky where we're right on a major highway, Route 80. Right. Basically, you're, on a good day, you're 20, 25 minutes from Manhattan. So it's right. like perfect. So people who wanted to 
get out of the city but still had to work in the city, this is the town they found. So by the time, like, 87, 88 came around, people, you know, people were moving in. They made, all of a sudden, like, cornfields were replaced by developments and shit like that. And uh, a lot of us, there was a, a good group of us kids who were born and raised here where we just didn't fit in with these new people moving in. You know, they, they had no idea how... You know, they didn't understand how, um, you know, our fathers hunted for food and shit. Like, they didn't understand right. that, you know. When it came time for, like, a uh, show and tell and kid brought in a rabbit, I was like, well, that's what we ate, you know. Oh, like, shit. I didn't know you had them for pets, you know. Yeah. But that was it, you know. Yeah, that's lunch, So, uh, that's it, was like a di- it was like a whole different deal. And like I said, I didn't have much supervision. I didn't have much, like, this is how you, you know. I didn't know that you... I'm not saying you got to be fake around people so they don't think you're a freak. Yeah. You know, I just never thought of it, you know, like yeah. hide my freak, you know, right. hide my freakiness. Right. And uh, basically but I got... You a freak, though. But back then I was, you know, and, wow. and that's, how, that's how I got labeled, you know, so yeah. I was like this little... I was like this this kid who, did, who didn't talk to people. I was like, I never wanted to be like... I was totally like super shy. I never wanted like teachers to call on me. I never wanted to be singled out. I didn't. I never wanted to be the center of anybody's attention. I, I wanted to. to that. I wanted to fade into the walls, you know. Yeah. And uh, basically, like back then, when you were like that, you became a target for uh, bigger kids, tougher kids, you know. A lot of bullying and shit. And um, that's basically how I met my first friends. Were uh, there was like this this group of older kids who were like punk rockers I didn't know what they were I just knew that people made fun of them and they look, they definitely looked different you know they had fucking spiked hair and you know, yeah and the way they dress and shit but um I guess they, they they were seeing that I was being singled out and shit like that right they could see that I was being singled out so they uh they introduced themselves and uh also were you surprised at that um a little I mean I think I was like relieved I think I wanted someone to do that you know I just I just didn't know how to reach out and do it for myself so it was a relief when they did it and then you know I just remember like the next time in the lunchroom you know Instead of like sitting at the table by myself, yeah. you know, all of a sudden these guys come and sit, and we're all and they're talking around me and shit, That's and the, and I'm just like, you know, am I, right. am I part of this thing right now? I'm not even sure, you know. Yeah. But uh, I wouldn't say it, things got easier because I wasn't, I didn't feel like they, I was being singled out. Right. You know, now they were. Instead of instead of saying things about me directly, they were saying things about us, and there was a great comfort in. Now it's us. It's yeah. not just me. There's it's us. There too. Yeah, you know, being singled yeah. out. Yeah, and um, and then also a major thing is uh, one day this one dude, his name was Paul. He goes, oh, he's like, what are you doing after school? And I go, nothing, man. No, usually I'm gonna walk home, fucking whatever. Mm-hmm. He's like, listen, my band's having a pra- band practice at you know Pete's house. You wanna you wanna come with us? Huh. And I was like, we need band practice, like school band, you know? Yeah. He's like, no, we have a band. And right there was, there was a punk rock band called Sand in the Face. Sand in the Face? Yeah. That's odd. And uh, <laughs> so I went with them, and I'm sitting in their room, and I see them. They, 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 were, they were a three-piece, and they 
put on their guitars, they start playing, and I was like, I was like in awe because I was like, these are fucking kids, maybe one or two years older, but they're fucking playing music, they're writing their own shit, they're they're cussing out things that they, you know, the shit I would go home and you know yell out in the woods. Yeah, they're pissed off. They're just saying, and I'm like, wow. I was like, I can't believe we can be kids and being and being bands and shit like that. And I was like, I was blown away. That's great. And then eventually they. uh they asked me if I wanted to go to a, a show. Is Pete still around? Do you still know Pete? Paul. I mean, Paul. Pete, listen to me. Pete, well, there Paul. Is, there, there was this dude, Pete, he played bass. Paul played guitar and sang. And this dude, Monk, played drums. Monk passed away. Okay. Pete is, uh, he's like a, he, he was like a, originally a Cleveland, Ohio guy. Moved out here, went to high school here. Once he graduated high school, wound up going back out to Ohio to go to college. Paul, he he had had a sordid uh, deal. Like, he went from sand in the face, and uh, so he's like, his family's like a German family. So, sand in the face, and then they changed their name to Gentile, become a white power band. Oh, Jesus. And then... uh, I I heard some bad things happen to him on on a tour or something, and I've only seen him once or twice. But he doesn't play music anymore, you know. Right. I don't know if he looks back at his what he was saying and shit, and feels any remorse about it or whatever made him change. But uh, for that for those couple of years where hopefully he was just young and ignorant, and yeah, maybe and, you know. So. But uh, but they did wind up taking me to my first show. It was like this uh, this show at Irving Plaza, where it was like um, uh, Misfits, Necros, and somebody. I think really? maybe like Beastie Boys, something like that. Some weird weird show. That was like my first show. It was like maybe eighty one, eighty two. Beastie Boys, Misfits. That's ridiculous, right there. It was it was insane. I was and I was blown away. Oh, and, yeah. and I heard that you know. The Misfits for, were from New Jersey, and like I was a little kid, so I, I was like, I don't know how big New Jersey is, but knowing that these guys are from New Jersey, I was like, that's pretty badass. Hell right? oh, yeah! And um, I just fell in love with it. I wanted to like, can we do it again tomorrow night? Can we do it? You know, but it, they were like, you know, it doesn't work that way. They had a car. They were older, you know, and. Um, I started asking questions like, how do you find out about these shows and shit? And they're like, you know, you walk down to this store and there's, there's, this mag- there's, there's this newspaper called The Village Voice. You open that up, you see what's going on. So I knew some names and shit of bands and uh, I wound up seeing in The Voice that there was like a Saturday afternoon show, which I thought would be a lot easier to go. And uh, that was my first like afternoon show. That was like the first time where I really got hooked on New York underground music. It was Saturday afternoon, CBGB's matinee. I don't even remember who played except for Agnostic Front, you know, the, the yeah. old Agnostic Front with John Watson. And um, that Shout was out it. To John Watson. Yeah. It, and that was it, man. I, after that, I was hooked. Like, I found out how I could get to the city by myself. I found out how to take the bus and shit, even though from I was all the way from up here. That was a mission, man. Yeah. But uh, it was worth it because uh, as time went on I, and I started making friends there, there were, like, guys who took care of me, like uh, Roger and Vinny from AF. You know, a lot of times I crashed in Vinny's house. I think everybody has crashed in Vinny's yeah. house. <laughs> uh, a lot of times I, I slept in Roger's van after, like, I, I 
crashed a lot at Apartment X. I don't know if you ever heard about I've Apartment heard of X. It. So a lot, you know, me and uh, me and another friend of mine who we started a band together. Well, first he was just we had this band called Death Before Dishonor. Me and these couple kids from town. Yeah. And um, so I was a singer for that band. And uh, the, the U Brothers bass and guitar, and Vinny got us a drummer, uh, Billy Psycho. It's yeah. New York from the Rogers Psychos. Yeah. And uh, things didn't work out for Billy. Billy was way too crazy for us. We were just like, <laughs> we were still these like corny little New Jersey kids, you know? yeah. And Billy was hardcore, man. So uh, it just wasn't, I'm not going to go into details, but it just wasn't like. No? You don't, no, don't want to go into details? Uh, some wanna, things can't be divulged? So, some things just are better left unsaid. I, I, got, I get it. <laughs> but uh, Billy was hardcore. And uh, so we had this dude, uh, Mark Ryan, who's a friend of ours from Nutley, a couple towns over, and he was always hanging around with us. And so we were just like, we finally got off the nerve to tell Billy that we didn't want him to be in our band anymore. And, oh, you uh, had to muster up nerve? Oh, yeah, we were scared of Billy. Oh, so Billy was a legit psycho, Yeah, huh? yeah Billy was a big boy, and okay. he was like, he was, he was definitely like... We learned a lot from Billy just by watching what the shit he did. Right. Like, we were, we had no idea about, like, you know, our, you know, we got band practice. Where did we find Billy? Oh, he's he's in the park. What's he doing in the park? That's where he slept oh, last shit. night. You know, like, shit like that. Yeah. You know, like, Tompkins Square Park was like his home, you know, we uh-huh. have to go there and shit. It was like craziness, man. <laughs> and, uh, so we, we were like, what do we do now, you know, and, and, uh, we were like, it would be great if fucking Mark could get in the band. And I was like, you know what? I'll learn to play drums. That way Mark can get in the band, he can sing, right. and we can still be a band. And so that's so I, just, I learned how to play drums so we could be a band. Okay. And uh, did you have like did you have to like learn that it was it like a whole big deal because I get behind a drum kit and I'm like a spaz. Yeah, I had no idea how to play drums. No. I just wanted to be in a band. I, I just wanted to keep some, it. some sort of coordination, obviously. Yeah, I mean, I wanted. I would do anything to keep my band together, you know, even sure. if it meant, like, whatever I have to do. So I learned to play drums so he could be in the band. And, uh, you know, we last a long time. I wound up changing the name to Super Touch. And uh, then I left shortly after that because uh, I joined Youth of Today. But, um, one of my favorites. One of my favorites, too. Probably yeah. my favorite. Really? Changed my life in, like, the most dramatic ways. In every way, in every phase... An aspect of my life that band touched it, rearranged yeah. it. It's yeah. I, I, you had said that you you listened to this to Sammy episode, and I mentioned it to him. It's like before I even knew what Straight Edge even was. Like I was young, and somebody had given me "Break Down the Walls." It was "Break Down." As, as a matter of fact, that's a, that, that's an indirect lie. It was it was one of those like 120 minute TVK cassette tapes, mm-hmm. and I think. Everything you did today was on that, on both sides. We're not in the salon, all of it. Can't close my mouth, all of it. And I put that tape in, and on repeat, man. Front and back, front and back, and for some reason, it spoke to me. Ray's anger, the, it's, it changed my life, too. Yeah. Absolutely did. Me, too, man. I let, like um, that, that came at a point where... It was like perfect timing. Like, like I said, we were in, we were doing Death Before Dishonor, right? I guess it's like eighty-five, eighty-six, and uh, this whole like, this whole like metal thing starts creeping in, into our music and shit. And we, and we were, you know, we fell for it too. We wanted to incorporate that kind of shit. Sure. 
um, we wound up taking like a second guitarist, right? And uh, his name was Eddie Rocks, right? Okay. And he was from Jersey City, where we rehearsed. And uh, he had no, he had no, I, no punk rock background at all. Like he was strictly like a metal guy. Okay. Like we went to pick him up for rehearsal, and he was like, "Dudes, we just got to hang out because you know the new Kiss video for Lick It Up is oh my god, is, is debuting." You know, so well, it was like that. Like that's how you know. Yeah. And uh, we were like, okay, you know, whatever. And then he's like, and we see Paul Stanley like moonwalking. I'm like, oh my god, it's over. And then he's like, that's so awesome, you know. Like I was like, we're not, we're, we are not cut from the same cloth. Not at all, dude. But uh, so that's the way he was, right? And uh, so we Paul Stanley moonwalking. So we're, I remember being in rehearsals and we're like, dude, all right, you know, when you're in rehearsal, you want to do like weird shit when you're doing solos and shit. That's cool. Right. But please, when we play, don't do none of that weird shit. Yeah. You know? And don't so really play the guitar like between your legs uh, and stuff. I wish it was that. I wish it was that. <laughs> we fucking play, we play CBGBs, right? It's, it's fucking, it's, I still, I still get like a weird fucking chill when I yeah, think like about it. You like chills? Yeah. Awesome. So we're playing, right? And, uh, and, uh, he goes to take his solo and he's doing a solo, and he takes out this fucking uh, battery-operated ray gun. Oh, my God. That makes, like, this weird, like, ringing sound. Right. And he, he's doing a solo, and he holds it against his pickups, and it starts, like, coming. And I was, like, sitting behind playing drums, and, like, I have the perfect view of, like, and I'm like, oh, my God. This is I'm, I, I just want to get up. Walk away from this and, and just make pretend that this never happened. Yeah. And that's what I did. Basically, I went home. I fucking called everybody. And said, "Listen, I don't want to play in the band no more. I'm right. done." You know. And I was so embarrassed. I didn't even go to shows after that. Like oh, I didn't. Really? I, yeah, I didn't want people to see me because I felt like I felt like everything, everything that that fucking precious scene did and gave to me. Yeah. I just took it and, and just shit on I just, it. I was gonna say you just pissed, shit all over. Just pissed all over. <laughs> So I didn't even want to. I didn't even want people to see me. I was so ashamed of myself. And uh, I, you know, I, I, I stayed out for a, a good a good long while until uh, you know Mark Ryan. He called me. He goes and he's like, "Listen, I'm thinking about going out to uh, up to Boston to check out my friend's band. Uh, you feel like going?" And I was like, "Not really, man. I haven't gone out to shows in like a year or two." And he's like, they're really cool, man. They play hardcore. It's like they're they're like a hardcore band, like when we first fell in love with it. Yeah. And I'm like, really? Because everybody was changing. You uh -huh. know? And they're like, no, I mean. Well, what year is this about? It's probably like '86, '87. That's a cause for a lot. AF calls for a long. Yeah, yeah. calls for a long was out. You know, like Crumb suckers. You know, Anthrax is hanging out at CBGBs. You know, like yeah, those days. You know, it's, it's like every, everything's changing. Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, sure. More coffee and sugar and cream. Oh, you need more? Uh, it's gonna be gone. I'm yeah. Sure. Thank you. So, uh, gorilla podcasting kids. They're hanging out. Like Anthrax is hanging out. Everything's changing in New York, right? So, but anyway, Mark. Mark just swears up and down. He's like, "This is a hardcore band. Like when we fell in love with hardcore, like they are just true to it." And it's going to bring it all back for you in a second. Right. So he talks me into it. And it's Youth of Today playing up in Boston. And uh, when they played, I was like, I fucking, it was like, it was like, 
it was like that first time I saw Agnostic. You know, it was, it was like it, it was everything. It brought yeah. it, it, everything I loved about it. There it was again. Yeah. And then, uh, I, you know, I wanted to see him again. And then uh, I don't know if it was like the next week, the week after, they're playing Philadelphia. And so I went to see them in Philadelphia, and I was blown away again. And uh, this is so good. And then on the way home, I wound up totally in my car. Like, it was, like, really late at night. I told my car, me and my girlfriend. Oh, my and, God. Uh, it was, like, a really bad wreck. And uh, didn't know if my girlfriend was going to live through it and shit. Like, one of those types of wrecks. Really? Yeah, it was, like, really, really bad. And uh, I, what happened is I, I was coming home from Philly on some fucking two-lane fucking highway. And, uh, you know, my girlfriend at the time, she was, like... She was like, uh, I want to sleep. Turn on the radio. Turn on the radio. Put up the heat. I'm cold. No, I, you know, I want to sleep. And I listened to her, and I shouldn't have, because the cool air was keeping me awake. The music was occupying. She went. She wasn't talking. She wanted to sleep. But that's what I did, dude. I fucking turned up the heat, turned down the music, and just fucking fell asleep at the wheel. And just drove off, hit like some traffic light thing, fucking flipped my car. It was just really fucking bad. Oof. But, uh... Once I healed from that, it took a while to heal from that. How was she? Uh, she was fine. Okay. Eventually? Yeah. All right. She wound up with, like, a broken leg and stuff. And she, and then uh, after that while, that, while I was healing, those guys in Utah wound up moving to New York. Right. So now those guys are living in New York, so now I'm running into them all the time, you know? And, uh... How happy were you? I was stoked. Because <laughs> I remember, like, I was... It was the night that, um... Cro-Mags were playing, uh... The old Ritz. I think, uh... I think they were playing with Motorhead. And it was like... It comes up so often. It was like... Because it was a pretty big so deal. Yeah. And, um... I remember I was walking to the Ritz... And uh, I was down, like, t- almost to the corner of uh, St. Mark's. Right. And I run into Ray Capo. Right. And he's like, dude, we need, a, we need a drummer. Are you into trying out? And I was like, yeah. Yeah. So he gives me a fucking time to try out. And uh, I'm stoked. And I go to the Ritz, and I run into Purcell. And Purcell's like, listen, we're looking for a drummer. Are you into trying out? I was like, dude, I just ran into Capo. And he's like, so you got all this? You're going to fucking show up, right? And I was like, yeah, dude. So... That's all that fucking rules. I was like in between homes too. Like I got kicked out of my house, so I didn't have any way to practice drums. Okay. So I, I snuck in my house and I stole my snare drum and a hi hat. And I went to my girlfriend's house and set up the snare and the hi hat. Break, break into your, into yeah. your old house and yeah. blow up your own shit. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. But, uh, <laughs> and so that's all I had. I had a snare and a hi hat, and I was just practicing to play that fast because you know Death yeah. Before the Sun or Super Chest. We never played that fast. So I would just play along to, uh, they, they gave me a demo, a copy of the demo for Break Down the Wall. So I was just constantly playing to that. Yeah. As much as you can do with a snare and a hi-hat. And uh, then I remember we we had the, uh, we I tried out in a giant, this place called Giant Studios on, right. I think, 15th Street, 14th Street, something like that. It's real shithole. Right. It, it was a shithole, but something with magic was created there. You know, that's where me and Purcell wrote Judge the Judge songs in, in that shitty studio. And, okay. And um, I remember I was trying out. I was the only drummer that night who was trying out. And I remember it was Richie Birkenhead and and uh, Craig, Craig Ahead. Of course. Coming in. They played the music while Purcell and Capo just stood there watching. Uh-huh. I remember playing. And... Uh, 
I don't know. I don't think I did that good. And I remember I couldn't play as fast as they wanted me to play. Right. So when they when they split, I was like, I fucked that up, you know, whatever. And then, but they, when they came in, they're like, yeah, if you want to play, dude, you got the job, and we're going to Canada this weekend, so get ready. Oh shit! And I was like, are you fucking serious? Like, I've never been out of fucking. I've been to Jersey. I've been to Philadelphia. Right. You know? Yeah. That's other than that, I've, I've never been anywhere. Yeah. And I was like, fuck yeah, this is. I was I was stoked, man. Of course. I was like. I was blown away, and uh, that was that was it. I so fucking. You, so you told with them, and you went up there, and you played drums with. Yeah, my first show was with Youth. My first show with Youth today was in Canada with Seven Seconds, like Jesus another Christ. band that was like, they were like, I love them so much, and all of a sudden now I'm playing with them. Not only am I playing with them, but it was my, it happened to be my birthday. No shit. And Kevin Seconds comes in with like a fucking birthday cake, singing Happy Birthday to me, Dude. and I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? Like, yeah. not only am I. In fucking Canada, playing music with a band, but my one of my favorite bands is here, and he's yeah. fucking like talking to me like we're buds, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm like fucking blown away. Of course, man. It's like you're meeting and playing with your idols, bro. Like people that you looked up to. That's amazing. It's a special thing, bro. Oh yeah, dude. I was like everything, everything about those, everything about those beginning days in Youth of Today was like. Can't I just, I could, just could not believe how lucky I was to be yeah. in this band, and how because I just love that band so much. You know, now I'm like, I'm part of it, and I'm meet. You know, we're, I'm in California, and like, it's just. Did you record anything with them? Uh, just once on the, um, uh, what is that? The, that that compilation record for Revelation put out. Where the wild things are? No, the other one. Uh, to, People right now are screaming into their phones. I don't remember. The song was uh, Together. Okay. Hey, I don't remember what that... It wasn't the wild thing. Oh, was it like This Is New York Hardcore or something like Could that? Something like that. So, I, I think I have... Someone with GB on the cover. Right. Yeah. Uh, oh, Jesus Christ. I know... <laughs> I'm going to get so much fucking emails now. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> it's, um... Oh, God. It's, I, I have, the, I have the fucking, I have the, it's in my head, the actual, the cover up. Yeah, it's GB, GB's on the cover, Gus Edges is on, on the stage and shit. Yeah, yeah, Revelation Record in New York City Hardcore. Yeah. The way it is. Oh, the way it is. Jesus Christ. Well, that's, that's the one. <laughs> Sorry, everyone, that was mm. bad. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, all right, so, so then, so then how... So then, how long were you with Youth Today for? I was with them. It wasn't long. It was the, we did the Break Down the Walls tour, and then we did some, like, weekends and shit. Right. And then, uh, I guess, like, the beginning, I think I joined in 87, and by the beginning of 88, I was like, I, you know, I wanted out, I wanted to do my own thing. Right. Yeah. And then, and then, and then it be, that began the, the, the planting the seeds of the formation of Judge? That is, yeah, that, I just, yeah, I, I was on tour with Youth of Today, and we were, we were in Florida, we were broken down in Florida, and our van was, like, in this junkyard where the guys were working on it, and we had to take turns sleeping in it to, you know, make sure the equipment didn't go missing. <laughs> yeah. So on my night to sleep in it, Good I was days. just, I was just... You know, it was like the middle of the night, I'm alone in this junkyard, in this van, and I'm just thinking of all these things that were bothering me, and uh, 
you know, there were things that were bothering me with the band and shit, and um, I was also pissed off, like, you know, the criticism that the band was getting. Like, I don't think anyone real. I think all those people who were, you know, talking shit about the band really didn't know how much Ray and Purcell, like, really cared about what was happening in, that, in New York and, and everywhere else. And they were getting, you know, people were talking shit about them, and they didn't understand, like, how how much all, everybody meant to these guys, like, how good they wanted to be, and, you know. And um, I can sense that, like, for me, like, me personally, I, I if it even makes any sense, but, like, I, I kind of felt that, like, I, it seemed very pure and very genuine, like everything on those records, lyrics, music-wise, it just seemed very pure. It didn't seem like there was any bullshit behind it. Everything that was stated, all the lyrics, seemed like they were one hundred and ten percent real. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I, never, I never got that. I, I, that's what I and, always felt. And uh, and like my way of dealing with it was, I just wanted to lash out. And there were like so many times where where Capo would be like, Mike, you can't, you, you know, you just can't react like that. Yeah. People are going to talk. Let them talk. And I was like, I was always like, they can talk, and I can break their jaw. Right. You know, that's I just that's what I want to do. Like, right. I don't think this dude has any right saying that to me. Right. And he's like, it's only words, man. It's only words. Just anything. He'd relate. He'd he would recite like seven seconds lyrics to me. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, all right, dude, you got me. <laughs> uh-huh. But uh, after a while, I just I just really wanted to fucking lash out at these fucking people and like uh then you know, like the whole straight edge thing the real people were really against like the straight edge thing and like i just it was it was bugging the fuck out of me you know and i was like i was like you want to see like you want to see what like a mother a real motherfucker can be a yeah. real straight edge motherfucker can be right you know well, let me show you. you know? Yeah. And uh, so that's that was judge. I was like, just I'm gonna those mother, those fucking guys who th- who talk shit about youth of today when all these guys want to do is fucking help you. Yeah. Then I'm gonna be the guy who just puts puts his foot on your throat and just right. you know like no more words. Right. You know we tried words it didn't work. Right. And uh, that Hot. was the, that was the birth of fucking judge. I in this fucking junkyard. I just wanted to fucking. I was like mentally keeping a list. You're gone. You're gone. You're gone. You're gone. <laughs> you know. Yeah. From coast to coast, I was like, I got a hit list, and you know, I'm making a band that's gonna do it. And that was the beginning of beginning of judge. Purcell happened to come come by to see if I needed anything. And I was like, dude, I got this idea for this band. What do you think? And he's like, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. Before he even knew oh, exactly. Yeah, right. yeah. I, had, I didn't have a name. I didn't have anything. I, got, I came up with the name when I got home because... Um, was he kind of like, what does that mean? Like, what's the... What, no, nah, he never why? questioned anything. He was just like, he just he just had this laugh. Because I remember I was like, <laughs> I was always thinking like, I want, I want a name like when you put it on the fucking shirt, it looks like the way SSD looks like on a shirt. SSD. Right. Sure. You know? And I just want one word. Bam. You know, you know like... I don't want I don't want any confusion you know I just want something that shows like you know you think we're elitist well let me show you what elitist is you know? right and so I came up <laughs> with awesome. a, I came up with judge you know and I was like I remember calling for, so I was like dude I got a name for a band we're gonna call it judge and he was like <laughs> you know and that was it they just called it judge I wrote all these fucking words there were some words where he was like dude 
I really want to be in this band, but please, you got to change the words to this. I had a feeling that was going to come on. <laughs> so, they were like, I don't, I mean, somewhere I have the original words to, like, New York Crew. Uh-huh. And uh, he was like, dude, we, we can't say that. We just can't say that. <laughs> People are going to remember this for a long time. I was like, no, they're not. No, we're not. We're going to go in fast. We're going to blow up, and that's going to be it. Right. Dude. We're going to, you know, go in loud and fast, and it's all going to explode, and it'll be over. Right. It was like, dude, you don't want to say this because people are going to remember for a long time. And he talked me out of it, so I changed the words to. All right. <laughs> That's fucking great shit, man. So now, <laughs> so he's on board. You have Sammy. You have Sammy come in. No, nobody. It was just me and Purcell. And that's it. And then who? Who was the next person you recruited? Well, we didn't know we were going to recruit anyone. We didn't know it was going to be a band. We did. We did it to put out a record. Okay. To, to like, so people just. The, it was. Who was going to play on the record? I play. I was going to play. I was going to sing and play drums. Okay. Purcell was play, so play guitar no, and bass. There was, there, was, there was no intention of even playing out. You just wanted to put a record out. We just wanted to put a record out oh, with all okay. these words that were just going to piss everybody off. You know, Dude, like, all right. That's I wanted, a whole I wanted, different light I wanted to show like, this. Here's youth of today. And and here's what you think youth of today is. Right now, you know the difference. You know, like, you. I, okay. I want there to be no confusion. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people even realize that either. And then I was uh, just confused. It wasn't until the record came out and people dug it, and we're like, "What do you mean they dig it?" You know, like they're supposed to. They're not supposed to dig it. They're supposed to. <laughs> they're supposed to. It's supposed to piss everybody off. You know. Right. But people liked it, and they're like, "Dude, they want us to play in like uh, Connecticut Anthrax." I'm like, what? And uh, wow. so then I wound up like quickly calling uh, Jimmy, who played bass in Death Force Honor, right. to come and play bass. Okay. And uh, and we got Drew from Bold to play drums that night. Gotcha. We 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 jumped in. And, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm okay. Gotcha. We jumped in and got a quick rehearsal at uh, Don Fury's on Spring Street. Hammered out the the songs from the record and. Uh, and just as like a final fuck you, we're gonna do uh, a Youth of Today song called "We Just Might," okay. which is a song that Youth of Today wouldn't play anymore. Right. Like Ray didn't want to sing those words anymore. Okay. So just to you know hammer home that we weren't like Youth of Today. We did "We Just Might" as as a you know our final song. Right. And uh, people dug it, and now, and also now they're like, we should be a band. Uh-huh. And we so we stuck. Drew couldn't do it because he was went bald. I think we got Luke for a little while, but right. GB was going to be like super busy. Right. And so uh, Purcell knew Sammy. Sammy was hanging out, so we called him Sammy. Sammy was young. I was like, this little kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, exactly. You're like, we're not. We're going to be able to go anywhere. <laughs> we're not going to be able to. Play. He has school tomorrow. Yeah. Right. He's like, no, nah, dude. He's got like, he lives on like 14th Street or something. And he's like. He's got space for rehearsal and shit. It's like his parents are like musical people. They'll be cool. That's awesome. And then we were, we were like straight edge too. So like they knew we weren't out like fucking around partying or anything. We were like, I mean. Positive. Yeah. I mean, not, maybe not positive. Right. <laughs> that was the other band. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, we were straight edge. There wasn't well, no party. It seemed like you did positive shit. <laughs> so you go in and you, you record... Well, obviously you saw you saw the demos, right? No, nah. no. Nah. Bam! Just recorded the record. That's it. That's it. No shit. I do remember 
no demos, no nothing. No. I didn't think you were gonna play it. We just. I remember live. we recorded. We recorded. This is this is also weird because uh, you know I had a girlfriend at the time living on Mulberry Street, right? Okay. And uh, she was actually behind my back. She was like hanging out with this other guy. Uh-huh. I kind of had heard, but I didn't know for sure. And I was like bummed out about it, right? And uh, but I remember we recorded everything, and Don whipped up like these rough mixes of the songs and, ga- and gave it to me on cassette so I could take it home, listen to it if I wanted, you know, change anything or whatever. I remember hearing it and going, "Holy shit, this is fucking great!" And uh, going, you know, I'm just going over to her place on Mulberry Street. She, you know, she got to hear this <laughs> because at that point. I was so, I was like so stoked on this fucking band that she could have been pulling a train in in, in that apartment that night. Sure. I would, it wouldn't have bothered me, right? Because I had a fucking band, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I just remember going there, and and the guy was actually in the bedroom, and we we're listening to it. And he comes out, and she's like looking at me. I'm like, I don't even fucking give a shit, right? You know? Yeah. Now he's over here listening to it, going, "This is great, awesome." <laughs> like this, is, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I was like, I couldn't believe. It. I just, I was so stoked on how everything was turning out, you know. Yeah. Shit, man. And you wind up. I mean, when was the first time you guys went to like? You guys went to Europe? No, no. I went to Europe. You went to Europe after you uh, re- after, after we got back together in 2013. That's right. Sammy did mention that, and that's crazy to me. Yeah, I mean. I mean, you did obviously. You did your runs all over the all over the country. Yeah, we Canada. did. We did like tours and shit, and uh, we did like weekends and stuff like that. But yeah. uh, like, uh, my father was getting sick and shit. I had all these like responsibilities at home. Yeah, and uh, it was getting harder and harder to make time. And it was just at that time where, you know, like bands were like being asked to come to Europe and shit. Yeah, and. Uh, and I was like, I was debating, like, how am I going to make time to do that? You know, like, I don't know if I can make that kind of time. And then this thing happened in Tampa, Florida, with these with these Nazi skinheads. And uh, there were like a couple things that happened on that last tour that um, talk about it. If you just want, like man. spun my head around. Yeah. I mean, it it started. Like it started on the like we went on tour right and we we went across the top of the United States going out west and just had a fucking ball like the shows were great right. got out to California shows there were great our friends were out there sloth crew guys you know hung out for a while shows were great and then it was time to start heading back and and shows started getting canceled on the on the on the way back we were done going to southern states. Shows are getting canceled for no reason. Just, it just so yeah, happened, like or? whatever happened. You know, a lot of things just happened like that back right. then. There were no like cell phones or shit. Right, sure. So things just happened, and uh, you had to know how to read a map and shit. You know, like God, God help you if That's you didn't know how to read a map. Nowadays. Yeah, <laughs> it's always a goof to hand like a, a, a young guy a map and say, "Tell me how to get here." Oh, right? dude, hand some hand one of these young kids a rotary phone. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So then I remember uh, there was a there was a show in Texas we wound up missing, and that was like a big deal because the clan there was like a clan rally planned for outside the show, you know like there, the all fuck? the shit was going on, and then uh, so we missed that show, and then 
I think we were in Tennessee, and we were trying to make our way to Florida, and uh, we get pulled over, right? Right. I don't even know what we got pulled over for. I'm pretty sure we got pulled over just because we had New York plates. Meh, it makes sense. But So we get pulled over by these two fucking redneck cops, and, uh, well, just to back up for a second, back when we were in the Rocky Mountains, we stopped to, like, check shit out. Right. And, uh... There was, like, this Indian lady, and she was, like, selling, like, these Native American, like, fucking trinkets and shit. And she had her little son, and her little son was, like, acting, like, all afraid of us. And, and she was like, oh, don't, don't be offended by him. His father doesn't trust white people. What? Yeah, it was, like, weird. And it's like, yeah. so they were like, why? And she started telling the story how, like, you know, locked on a reservation, this and the other thing. And we were like, that's fucked up, you know? And, um... We were looking, like, there was all, like, litter, all, like, you're looking in, it's like the Rocky Mountains, right? It's like this beautiful fucking scenery, sure. and then you're standing next to the rail, and you look straight down, there's, like, you know, dirty diapers and shit, and, like, that's all the tourists, that's where they just dump their garbage. Really? It was just, like, all these things that were, like, this sucks, you know? Yeah. And then, also, now there's this little kid, he's, he doesn't want, he's, he's afraid of white people, because he's afraid that we'll lock him up like his father was locked up. Really? And, shit. and so we're talking with the lady and shit, and uh, after a while, she, you know, guys get whatever they're going to get. And then she comes up to me and she goes, listen, I would like to give you this for your trip. It's, uh, I forget what it was, like some type of sage type deal. Right. And she's like, for good luck, you take some of it and you put it on, you put it on the top of your tailpipe. When it warms up, the sage smokes up and it blesses your trip. So I was like, cool. Okay. So she gave it to me, just like a little bit in this plastic bag. I had a fanny pack back then, because yeah, well, didn't we all? Yeah. So I stuffed it in this <laughs> fanny pack, right? And so now we're fucking going, all this shit happens. We wound up getting pulled over in Tennessee, and they're fucking just tearing us apart. Like, what, you know, it was like, what, six guys or seven guys from New York, what are we doing down here? Right. You know, and they're like, we're in a band. Oh, really? So now they, they tear apart our whole van. They pull out all our equipment. They're, it's all strong, thrown out across the fucking side of the road. and Merch and everything? Everything just tore apart. And they're fucking saying, like, the fucking rudest shit. Like, they're like, they're, they're like Sammy and Matt, they're young. So they kind of didn't do it to them as much. But to right. me and Purcell, they, they were, like, getting in our faces a lot. Really? Sort of, like, testing us. And, uh... So he'd be like looking at something, and then he would stop, and he'd look at me, and he goes, "Hey, you ever fuck a nigger?" Really? And I'd be like, "What?" Does you ever have a nigger? And I and I would just be like looking at him, and he'd, and he'd go to his buddy and be like, "Hey, Bob, you ever have a nigger?" Yeah, I had a nigger once. Real good. He goes, "You must have you must have had a nigger, didn't you?" Oh, maybe you're a New York queer. Oh, or like oh no, you, aren't you? Maybe you're a Yankee queer. You don't like you don't like women or something like that. And he's and I'm like looking at him and I'm and these jerks with yeah. this down in Tennessee. Yeah, oh, and God. I'm like I guess um I didn't I didn't know, but I guess my fucking lip was trembling because right. I was fucking I had some fucking anger I wanted to lash out so bad. Yeah, but I knew it'd be very bad for everybody involved, especially. Sammy and Matt, who sure, we had yeah. promised that we would take care of these guys and bring them home safe. Right. But I am fucking so mad, and I guess my lip is trembling because you mad at me, boy, aren't you? You're fucking oh, mad at me. Oh, that mother. And all of a sudden he goes, I'm, bro, I'm getting worked up now. And then dude. all of a sudden he goes, and he spits like fucking chewing tobacco on my fucking sneaker. Uh, 
And I just, I'm so, I want to go off like a fucking bomb. Yeah, dude. And then he, and then he, then he goes, he, he goes, I'm going to search up front now. And he fucking pushes me aside. He goes in the front. He's tearing everything apart. And he goes, and he goes, you are in a bunch of trouble. He pulls out this little vial of patchouli that was in my bag. Right. He's like, what the fuck is this? Try to tell him it's fucking patchouli, you know, like we're on fucking tour. We don't fuck, sometimes we sleep in vans, you know, no showers and shit, you know? Yeah. He fucking smells, he goes, this must be what the niggers like. And then he's like, no, 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 no person gonna like that, you know, shit like that. Goes back in my bag and he goes, Oh, and all of a sudden he's like, you are in a bunch of fucking trouble now, son. Oh. He pulls out that bag of fucking that sage. Yeah. What the fuck is this? You know how long we're going to lock you up for this? And I'm like, dude, it's fucking sage, man. It's yeah. like a fucking herb. Yeah. He's, he's like, and he's going off. He's thinking he's got like this big fucking score and shit. And they do more of the fucking nigger talk and fucking spitting and shit. And uh, make a long story short. He just he just takes all our money, whatever we had on us. Really. And uh, we had to go get a money order made out to his brother or something. Like, it was like middle of the night, and uh, they take us to this like convenience store type place where we buy a money order and make it out to. He said his brother, but I think it was his name. Right. And he's like, you can either do this or you can go to jail, and and uh, it's Friday night, so you won't you won't talk to anybody until Monday, Tuesday. Yeah. So we wound up giving him all our money and shit. And so now we're driving, right? Ew, and we are just fucking. We are like, I don't know about the rest of guys, but I am just feeling totally defeated because I was always. I'm not saying I was a fucking cop lover, but I was always on their side. Right. Know? I appreciated what they did. Right. But now I didn't. Right. Now I'm not. I'm, and I'm definitely, you know, I'm, I'm fucking, my mind is, uh, my head is spun about the whole fucking thing. Yeah, man. And uh, we pull into fucking Tampa and we go to the, uh, the uh, guy who's putting on the show, we go on to his house. Because uh, uh, he talked to us, he said we could all take showers and shit. So we go there. Everyone's taking showers. I get a shower, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm really, really stoked to have you guys here." And uh, we're like, uh, "Yeah, we've been having some fucking hard times." Tell him a little bit about the fucking ordeal we just had in Tennessee. He's like, "Oh, you ain't got to worry about that down here. We don't have a, uh, we don't have like a uh, white power problem here, unless you, uh, unless you say something or something like that." Well, what does that even mean? I'm like. I, it didn't make any sense to me, so I yeah. just I was like, "Cool, they don't come around here." Right. So we fucking go to the show, and uh, it, like it's like the show hasn't even started, yeah. And we're just there's just like hammer skins lining the fucking sidewalk. Oh my god! And we're like, "What the fuck?" And like, so we go to the guy, and he's like all like fucking shaking and shit. He's all fucking flustered. I'm like, dude, I thought you didn't have a fucking problem. Yeah. Like, we don't. Did we, we usually don't. Did you say something? I go, say something to who? Yeah, exactly. Go, on your records. Did you? I'm like, of course. You know, that's what we do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, well, there you are. They're here for you. And I'm like, like, I'm like thinking like songs like The Storm and shit, and I'm just like, dude, that's what you meant by saying something to somebody? Yeah. I mean, and they're fucking, it's not even like, it's not even like a handful. Like, they are just lining both sides of the fucking street. And 
I remember that one of them was like a Mexican, right? Right. He's a fucking Mexican wearing a white power shirt. Well, that's ironic, so isn't it? I'm just like, what the fuck is that? He's like, oh, he's he's the one who's willing to go to jail. He's gonna shoot you. Oh, Jesus. he's probably he, he's the one who probably carries the weapon. Oh, and God. I was like, Jesus, fuck Christ. And uh, I remember like a lot of that kind of shit happened back then. There's just what did they wind up doing? Uh, nothing. We wound up well when when we played. We were playing. And this black dude walked off the street. He wasn't even part of the scene or anything. Right. I think he maybe may want to use a fucking bathroom or something. Yeah, this is a civilian. Um, just walked in, wrong fucking place. And they all attacked him. So our, my, uh, my buddy, our, our, our roadie Todd, yeah. he jumped in and we jumped in. We separated everything. And then uh, we finished up our set and we were like... Like I think everybody just kind of like grabbed something because we we had to make get our equipment out to the out to the van and shit. And like I think that we found like a bat in the back and like cymbal stands and shit and just got our shit and got at her. But yeah, I was definitely like because that night a lot of a lot of things like that happened, but never to that scale. So I remember like being so freaked out how how big it, how, how the amount of people who hated me were who really wanted to hurt me I was like freaked out about it and uh, I remember calling my father going listen if something happens you know make sure you take care of my dog you know I had this pit bull named Justice right and I was like please just he was a rescue kind of and uh, I was like please just please take care of him you know don't get rid of him because he was crazy and shit I was like he's a good dog once he gets to know you and he's like why what's going on I'm going listen don't worry about it I love you. Please take care of my dog. Yeah. And then, and so, because I thought I was going to get, who knows? Yeah, I just, I know. thought, I, yeah. I, I definitely thought I was at least going to catch a beating that night. Right. And, uh, you know, I had Todd there who was like crazy, like this crazy Marine. And, and you know, and well, I'm all fucking, I'm all freaked out. And I go find him and he's just taping up his wrists in the van. He's all calm and cool. He's like, this is going to be great, dude. He's like this sharp skin. He's like, this is going to be fucking great. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, dude, you know the story this is going to make? We're going to go down history. Oh my I'm like, God. dude, you are fucking insane. But, but he made me laugh and That's shit. a great way to look at it, man. He's like, dude, we're, we're going to be fucking 56 years old. We're going to have fucking stories, man. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> the, it was just it broke like the whole like the, the atmosphere and yeah. we wound up getting through it I mean that's that's Todd man he's, you know I, <laughs> yeah. that's why I miss him so much like, I can't believe he's gone uh, and, but uh we, me and him just always found our way into those types of situations yeah and you know just fucking you know bucked up and laughed our way out of it and shit but once we got through that um we were on our way home and um I remember it was it was late at night and Purcell was driving and I was taking shotgun. Everybody else was sleeping. And uh, I just remember listening. We had Neil Young playing on the radio and uh, we weren't even talking. That's how weird things were now. Like there's just like this weird feeling. And uh, we weren't talking and shit. We we're just driving up north on our way home. And uh, at just one point I was like, dude, I don't think I'm going to do this anymore. And just... Like yeah. this whole these last couple of days of looking, yeah, you know, put spun a damper out. on shit, yeah. And uh, there was also like, I was also dealing with like um, 
like these straight edge gangs and shit who were like using my words as like battle cries and shit and I was like that's not what it was about either man y'all missed the fucking point yeah everybody's taking their own little take on it and fucking interpreting it and twisting shit so I was just like I was like I can't find any good in this anymore you know it's like so I was just like I'm, I'm, I'm gonna I'm just gonna walk away from it and then when I did walk away from it I was like, it's going to take a lot more than Mark Ryan calling me up to talk me back into fucking coming back, and I'm just going to disappear. And that's what I did. I disappeared. So now, all right, perfect, because there's so many, well, I don't even know if there's so many, but there's a lot of speculation. Where did Mike Judge go from there? Because you did disappear. Like, nobody knew anything, and that's when the rumors started happening. Yeah. Where'd you go? What happened? Well, I think the thing is, when we when we we had recorded that uh, last seven inch, right? The, uh, after the storm, whatever. Right. And uh, it was it, it was basically it was supposed to be two songs, uh, a remake of the storm with with the added thing, the added part, and then a new song, forget this time. And it was supposed to be like, it was supposed to be like, for, for, forget this time, it's supposed to fucking just say, listen, I'm, I'm a fuck up. I've always have been. My mind's fucking shot. This is why I'm crazy. And then all the things I've ever done, this is why. And then it's supposed to end with when the levee breaks, that was supposed to be like, if it keeps on raining, the levee's going to break, which, sure. and it did. That's, that was my way of saying, like, I, I can't, I got, I got no more left to give. I'm out of here. Right. But, um, I think Forget This Time, to me, it's one of my favorites. I love it. It's my favorite song, too. It's your favorite? Favorite, period. Period. Okay. And, uh, it's top three Judd songs for me, but it's it would be. Top three I think that was the direction that we were going to go in. Like, that's where we're, that's what Purcell was writing and shit. That's the direction we were going in. And me just leaving like that, it just seemed like, it just seemed like natural that there was something, something else needed to be put out. Like, our right. next record was going to be sick. Right. I knew I knew our next record was going to be sick. The shit we were writing was fucking awesome. And I knew it was going to be great. Unfortunately, we didn't get there because of the circumstances that we went through. So when I split, I just didn't li- I didn't want to hear music, I didn't want to talk music, I didn't want to know nothing about music. I, was, I just went to my house. My father was like, "What's up?" And I was just I'm going in my room. I'll come out when I come out. Just leave me alone. And and then so I did. So it was like days gone by, and then um, out of the blue, I hear like a fucking motorcycle coming down my driveway. And I'm like, who the fuck is that? You know? And I look out. It's our roadie Todd. He's on his fucking bike. And he goes, Mike, come down. And I go down. And I go, what's up? And he goes, get your helmet. Let's go for a ride. I go, and I'm like, where? And he's like, just let's go for a ride. Because I hadn't seen him since the tour, you know? Yeah. And uh, so I got on my bike. We took off. And we were just fucking riding. You know? I, mean, I don't even remember where we went. But yeah. it was like, just, the, it was just ride. the next day and we were riding. You know, we were gone. And uh, basically that was it. That's, that's what I did. I just got on my motorcycle and rode. We went down to Florida. We went here and that. Camped out, fucking on the side of the road underneath motorcycles and shit. Just... 
just all Hell's Angels rumors and all yeah, that well, stuff. That, that's you're in a biker gang and this. Well, and that. I did wind up joining a bike club. That's the thing. Is uh, so I get back right, and now I'm like. I start hanging around with these guys who who uh, worked at a motorcycle shop, and uh, I had my bike done by this guy JC, who was a Hell's Angel. Right. Uh, down on this highway here, 46, he owned a shop like two miles down the road called Chrome and Custom. Okay. And there were two Hell's Angels who owned it, Cochise and JC, and they redid my bike, and uh, so. Um, so I knew those guys, and then I knew a couple other angels from around Jersey. And then in my town, the only place to hang out was this local bar called the Montpellier. So I'd hang out there and play pool. And uh, I met these guys who happened to be in a bike club called the Desperados out of the Bronx. Okay. Uh, there was like this bar fight, right? And me being straight edge, I was never fucking drunk. I was always like, I was at the top of my game in the middle of the fucking night when everyone's fucking tripping on themselves. Right. And I wound up helping these guys out. And they're, to, to thank me, they invited me to go to the Bronx. Long story short, I wound up joining the club with them. Right. Uh, not realizing how much trouble I was about to get in being in an outlaw club in New Jersey. Uh, being in an outlaw club from the Bronx, Bronx, but living in New Jersey. Right. Wound up in knee deep of fucking trouble with fucking two other big motorcycle clubs and shit but uh yeah so like I don't really I, I had this other friend who lived here his name was Mike and uh he he was still into music right so he was going into New York and he would he would come back and he would give me updates on what's going on and shit and uh so one day he comes back and he's like dude you know people think you're in the Hells Angels I go why yeah. And uh, it turned out like Roger, Roger needed something and he heard I was a Hell's Angel. So he called the, or Roger he went, AF. Yeah. Okay. He went to the clubhouse to see if he could talk to me. And they knew who I was, but they knew that I was in the Bronx. And they got mad at me because they thought I was saying that I was a Hell's Angel. Gotcha. When it was other people who just came to the conclusion like, oh, my judge is in an outlaw motorcycle gang. You know, like, and then the first one you think of is Hell's Angels. Right. So that I, I'm, I'm assuming that's how that rumor got started. Right. Which got me into trouble with them because then they were calling the Bronx, going, "Why are you saying you're a Hell's Angel? What are you up to?" Right. I'm like, I'm not doing nothing, Asshole, brother. <laughs> jerk off rumors, man. But Stop yeah, suppose, uh, supposedly I was like a Hell's Angel, and I was in Germany, and I like I cut off a cop's head, and I had it on my on my fucking bike. Isn't it like, amazing how this stuff happens, the dude? <laughs> That happened stories. with um. That happened in uh, uh, Dennis from his singer of uh, The Refused. Okay. Like uh, I don't know what band. I don't know if it was Youth of Today or Shelter, but they go out. They go out and they play uh, Sweden somewhere. I mean, maybe I think it was Oslo. They go out there. They 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 go to take the stage. And then Dennis leads this chant of free Mike Judge, free Mike Judge. But they're saying it in a different language. Right. Something, something Mike Judge, something, something Mike Judge. So, Purcell, like, when after the gig, Purcell talks to Dennis and is like, dude, what, what does that mean? And they're like, that means free Mike Judge. Yeah. And they're like, why are you saying free Mike Judge? And like, well, he's in jail for killing a cop. He was a hell's angel, he killed a cop. Oh, yeah? And then Purcell's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> 
this fucking crazy shit, man. Yo, man, people, it's, it's insane how rumors get started and what people fucking just believe and run with, man. Yeah. It's insane. But now you gotta laugh at that shit. It's like ridiculous. That's what I was saying, you know, before when we started. I'm glad, you know, once I got to your house, there was no, you know, stakes with cops' yeah. heads on them, you know? Shit burning or whatever. <laughs> it's awesome. Crazy. Are you guys have a cup of coffee still? I'll have another cup of coffee, sure. Mike? No, I'm fine. I'm going to drink this. You sure you don't want to eat? I'm fine. All right. So now, all right, so that so you're on hiatus and kind of, I wouldn't say a hiatus. I'm saying hiatus from the music scene for how long? At this point? I mean, for, until... 2012 2012 I mean I started playing music but like low key like acoustic guitar stuff in New Jersey you know started a, a like kind of like a jam band that played around in New Jersey but uh it wasn't a hardcore band no nothing like that and then uh and then when that died out I just didn't play music at all just I just for my own my own head you know to write songs get get words out yeah and uh that was it until, uh, you know, 2011, 2012. Right. There was a little bit of talk. Right. Well, well that was the, on the documentary, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it was Civ, right? Came out, well, we reached out to you? Yeah, that was, that was for the reunion. Right. But before that, before that, um, out of the blue, my friend Tavi, he calls me up. And he's like, he's like, dude, I, I got something to ask you. I'm like, what's up? And he goes, uh, Ezek is doing this record where it's all cover songs, and uh, he wants to, uh, he want to know if you wanted to sing on it and do the storm. And so, Tavi, I love Tavi, so I was like, anything for Tavi. Shout out to Tavi. So I was like, yeah, no, anything. And uh, it just happened that. They had all they they recorded everything, and so to do the song, they'd have to set everything back up. So it didn't work out. Okay. But that was the first time, after a long time, where I had heard that, you know, people are still like listening to Judge, you know. And I thought that was weird. No. Yeah. I don't think I don't think it's weird. But like I was saying, I think it's weird that people listen to my thing. You know, it's just weird. But no one ever stopped listening to Judge. Yeah, I didn't know. Right. I just figured what was done was done, so uh, I left it at that. And then a weird, the weird set of circumstances that ch- changed everything was uh, my buddy, this guy, this dude Mike I just told you about, who would go to New York and hear shit and then report back to me. Huh? Yeah. He comes up to me, and uh, and uh, Sick of It All was playing somewhere in New York and it was sold out and he was like dude please please if there's anything you could do to get me into that show please please do it and I never done shit like that before you know right. like I, I was like dude I don't know I don't even know like if these guys are even going to remember me and he's like just please try I need, I need to see I need to see that show I need to see that show so I was like looking through my phone and I was like who the, who the fuck would he even call to like try this you know and then I seen Siv's number. Right. And I was like, I'll try Siv. Maybe he and he knows, you know, Pete and those guys, and maybe he can get him in. So I called Siv out of the blue. I haven't fucking talked to him in a long time. So I was like, dude, you know who this is? 
And he's like, no. And I said, this is Mike. And he's like, Mike Coop. Yeah. Like, I used to be in fucking Judge, and you were like a roadie for you to stay, and we were in there together. And he's like, oh, Mike Judge? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, holy shit, what's going on? Because I haven't talked to him in so many years. I was like, nothing, man, but I got a favor. Can you get a friend of mine into Sigurd All this weekend? And he's like, what? <laughs> I was like, yeah, dude, I got a friend who wants to get a single all sold out, and I want to know if you can get him in. What a weird, <laughs> it's like after so many years, and, uh, a weird random thing. So then he's like, he's like, yeah, I, I can get him into sick of it all, but you got to do me a favor. And I was like, what? He's like, we're, we're playing the uh, Black and Blue Bowl. We're headlining the Black and Blue Bowl this year. You got to come out and see it. And I was like... I don't want to fucking come out and see it. <laughs> and, uh, I don't want to. And he's like, he's like, I'll get your friend in if you fucking come out and see, see us at Black and Blue. So I wound up making a deal because he really wants to see it all. So that's how it happened. So now I'm like... Who's the guy that asked you to go see Sick of It All? Uh, this, kid, this kid, Mike. Mike Lardo. Yeah? They call him Mosh. Alright, well he's the one that got Judge back together. He's the catalyst. <laughs> yeah. Alright. So, so, uh, he, so the black and blue comes out and comes up and, uh, and, um, I was like, I was like, I wasn't feeling weird. I was like, no one's even going to fucking remember me. I'm going to go see, say hi to a few old friends and shit. And, uh, and then that'll be it. All right. And, uh, so I get there and, uh, I think my cousin Joe was there and he's like, he's like really like fucking nice, you know, to, he's like, he gets like me and my, me and my wife a table like upstairs and shit. And I was like, I wasn't expecting that kind of shit. It's like this fucking really weird, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and so I, and I see guys, like I see fucking, uh, Siv and shit and everybody. And, uh, so, and then Siv plays, right? GB plays. And, uh, I remember fucking, they're, they're in their, their dressing room. I'm on the table, like right next to the dressing room. And then Siv goes, Mike, I gotta ask you something. He's like, we're gonna do New York Crew tonight. You want us to come out and sing it? And I was like, are you fucking crazy? There's a lot of, there's a lot of people here. <laughs> I was like, no fucking way. <laughs> there's a lot of people here. He's like, I ain't doing fucking chance in hell I'm going out there, dude. There's a lot of people watching you. Yeah. Like, no. And he's like, all right, I had to ask. That's fucking hysterical. And uh, <laughs> so we're watching, and then, and then um, it was like right before they played near crew, Anthony does this like little speech and shit about like how he met me and shit and all this stuff. And I just remember being like, you know, fucking like, I was like, uh, I'm not gonna say I had like a lump in my throat, but I was like, yeah, I was like, wow, you know, like, you feel it? We, we go back a long time. We did a lot of shit, you know, like, and and I'm like looking down at like the crowd. And I'm just like, I can't believe this, you know, the scene is is this big now. Like, yeah, like it wasn't like that for us, you know. Like, we fought for everything back then. Like, sure. all of a sudden here. We have tables and shit, and I was like, yeah. back then we fucking fought for everything we needed. Yeah. Most of the time, Webster Hall, like yeah. three thousand people. Yeah, and usually like we starved and fought our way out, out of places, you know. And now like it's like this. I'm like, I'm blown away. And uh, so Anthony says all this stuff, and I'm just like, that's crazy. And then they do near crew, and people are like going crazy, and I can see them singing, singing along. I'm like, people still know this shit. So I'm like, this yeah, is fucking man. weird. And then, uh, 
it wasn't long after that where Cousin Joe goes, hey, would you, would you come on to the radio show to, you know, talk about shit, you know, just see what's going on. Yeah. You know, I think pe- that's where I met you briefly. People, like, he's like, people want to know what's been going on all these years, where the fuck you been? Yeah. So I, I did that and shit. And then uh, I just could never get it out of my head, that, that vision of GB doing your crew and the crowd singing and shit. And uh, I was like, I wonder if... I wonder if uh, the guys would fucking get together and play that show if I wanted to. So I like called Purcell and I was like, "Dude, if I if I wanted to do the Black and Blue next year, would you do it?" And he's like, "Fuck yeah!" And and Sammy's like, "Fuck yeah!" And like, so I called Cousin Joe. I was like, "Dude, I'd like to play Black and Blue next year." And I was like, something like that, meaning just to play, not to headline, because. I mean, we weren't even. Well, you guys aren't yeah. going to go on second, man. <laughs> well, I didn't think we were good. We, I didn't think we would headline in. I didn't even know, you know, I didn't even realize people were listening to it until, you know, a week before. Yeah. And then that that whole thing was like a fucking like crazy fucking. The whole like the they invited me onto the radio show again, and they were going to announce that we were playing. It was going to be the first time where they announced that we were playing. And, uh, I listened to that show. I remember it. I just remember being like, just like so fucking. It was it was just like a crazy thing where cousin Joe was like, "Listen, you guys are gonna headline," and we're like, "I was like headline." I'm like, dude, the last thing I want is to be the fucking band that everyone walks out at. You know, like yeah. everybody sees that last band and they fucking walk out. And now the headliner has to come out and there's like ten people. Right. I was like, I don't want to be that band. You know. He's like, dude, you're delusional. You don't know what you're talking about. Right. Well, Joe's right. In that he's like, absolutely. He's like, listen, he's listening man. to people who've been fucking here doing this. I'm like, all right, you know, I'm like all freaked out and shit. And so they announced that Judge is going to fucking play. I think they did it like, this is going to be the band that plays, and, they, and then they play like the Storm or something like yeah. that. And so people knew the Judge was playing. And uh, tickets were supposed to go on sale that Friday. It was Tuesday. They're supposed to go on sale that Friday. But someone tried the number that they used last year for tickets, and it was still the same number, so people started buying tickets. And so, like, before it even got to the day that it was supposed to go on sale, like, that that show was sold out. Because I had left the radio show, and me and my wife drove home, and by the time I got home, Cousin Joe was like, dude, do you think you'd want to play Sunday also? Because the first show sold out. And I was like, it didn't even go on sale yet. It's like, something happened with the number. People got it, and people bought tickets ahead of time. Said anything. We're going to add, and we have this other show going on that I guess they always did, like an after show. Right. It's like, we're going to move it to Webster Hall. Would you, would you do it? And I was like, yeah, I guess. I mean, and so we wound up doing both nights, and it was just like... They both sold out. Yeah, and it was fucking crazy. I mean, that was like the craziest, craziest time of my life was like, the lead up to that and like the rehearsals for that because I remember even like the rehearsals were like a big deal where I wasn't I never even thought about it and then it was like the morning I woke up of the day was going to be our first rehearsal and then my wife was like what's wrong and I go I'm going to go rehearse with Judge and she's like yeah I go that's fucking weird man yeah I'm like I'm going to go to New York I'm going to walk into a studio and see the guys from Judge. Right. Like, the guys that I fucking, you know, blood, sweat, and tears together, you know, in a van together, and then just walked out on. 
know, like now I'm going to see them after all those years because I didn't see anybody like from the from the time I left until that fresh earth I didn't I didn't see anybody talk nothing really the only one is Sid so weird. that day I called up yeah so I was like this is like. I, did, I couldn't even like comprehend it, and my wife was like, "It's gonna be all right. They're your friends." Like, oh, I know, but you just don't understand. Like, yeah. our friendships were like more than friendships because they were tested. Like, right. most friendships never get tested the way ours were tested. Like, we it was just us in a van. You know, there, we didn't have phones where we could call no. families or anything. Once we were out there, it was us. There was no lifeline. You know, and we had to look out for each other. Like, our friendships were all tested. All right. And um, I just remember, like, I, I just worked it up so much. And then I remember walking into the room, and then all of a sudden, like, we're talking. Like, we never stopped hanging out. Right. It was like no big deal. We just started talking. We just like slipped into a, a conversation as if I seen you yesterday at lunch. Yeah. And I was like, it's fucking weird, man. That's how I had to have been the most amazing fucking feeling, dude. Yeah, hearing the fucking, hearing the first guitar, like the first bang of everything. And just what was get, the first song you started practicing? It was, it was Take Me Away. Nice. Just hearing that intro, it gave me shivers, man. Of course. Because this judge is just so badass. I'm just so pap- proud yeah. and happy to be a part of it. Sure. Fuck, man. And then, obviously, you were shocked because you didn't even think that people were listening. You sell out Webster Hall two nights in a row for the Black and Blue Bowl. And then, I mean, there was so many kids that never got a chance to see you guys during that time. So you guys blew up like crazy. And then I think I mentioned it with Sammy. I think it was on his Instagram page. It's like you guys in Medi, was it Medellin, Colombia? Yeah. That show was ridiculous. There's like four pits going on. It's just like there's no way. I can, I think I can answer this for you. You never knew that that you would be this big in 2018, 2019. You no, know this dream. No, no. I, I, it's it's yeah. It's like why would you yeah. even think that? No, I never. Never thought anything anything like that would ever happen. And you've been and you you guys I mean you guys played and toured several times since then. I mean you guys are pretty much active now. Yeah, I mean we played a lot more. We've been slowing down because uh, I don't know. That's right. It's just it's just much, it, yeah. it just gets like a little where there's things that I want, but because it's a band. Or I can't just say, listen, this is this is what we're doing. Right. The other guys have to want it too. And uh, for me, I want I want to make new music. I, and I just think somebody had asked me to ask you that if you if there was going to be new judge music. If it was if I mean if it was solely up to me, we'd, it would have been done already. Right. I mean I'm ready. I've I've been ready. I've been ready. I mean I've. There's other people who've asked me, like, you know, you want to you want to sing on this, you want to do this. I got this band, I got this band, and and some of them are like, I'm not going to mention names because I don't know if it's ever going to happen. But they're like, these are like really really good bands, good players and shit, and it would be an honor for anybody to play with these guys. I just need to know that. 
that judge isn't going to do it. Right. And because I there's things that I've written, things I, I want to say that I think only judge needs to say that because like judges judges like me part of the judges like my fucking mind my head right and if those types of things are going to come out i wanted to come out under the thing that brought them out in the first place which is judge, judge. Sure. and i think it makes complete sense i think the way that the way we it was like the ep the record and then that three song ep and then we we're done it's just kind of like it felt like we were going somewhere and then for some reason it it stopped it just it just doesn't feel it doesn't feel complete yet alright I think the band deserves another record but I need those guys to believe it also right and right now I don't know if they do huh but I'm ready see that's like I don't mean to keep on going back to Sammy but we had that little discussion there it was like there are certain bands that can continue without new music. Like, look at the Chromex. Honestly, nobody wants to hear stuff from Alpha Omega. People want to hear Age of Quarrel. Murphy's Law. Jimmy doesn't need to make a new record. Mm-hmm. People want to hear Panty Raiding Cavity Creeps all day long. No one honestly would really care, I don't think. I mean, I'm sure someone would. I would buy it. I would listen to it. But is it necessary? And what about Judge? I'd buy it. I'd be absolutely interested. But do you need it? Is, is, that, is that what you would need in order to continue, Judge? At this, at this point right now, I believe so, for me, personally. Right. Because... I just... I feel like I want to say something. Yeah. And I need the vehicle to say it. And Judge is my vehicle. Sure. Like... I'm I'm proud of guys like Sammy who's got you know multiple irons in the fire where it's like okay I'm gonna do Judge this time and then this month I'm doing this band this you know, I'm doing Shelter now I'm doing Youth of Today now I'm doing this now I'm proud of you I don't have that luxury All right I have this one thing yep I I could have these other things but I don't want them right I want this this is this is my vehicle right this is my voice. Right. I need those motherfuckers to to believe in that, but that's what I need. I need right. those motherfuckers to believe in it. You know, I believe I believe Charlie, the way he's stepped in and saved this band. Charlie deserves his name put on something like that. Sure. I I he deserves that. I guess it's easier when you have multiple other bands where well how do if judge puts out a record how do i make time for my other things right but gotta prioritize at least for a little while i believe i i mean i believe i need for me i need it right i can't i don't it's not that i can't i just don't want to there's things i've said on these records that need to be followed up with something right I have other things to say I get it yeah and uh it's just I feel like I'm I'm not it's not fulfilling right. just doing this like this hopefully all of them will listen to this 
<laughs> and it will plant a seed. I'm Maybe. hoping. Maybe. I mean, that would be great. I, I know it will be. I know. It will oh, be. I know you know it will be, and 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 I think it would be. So, Sammy Purcell and Charlie, smarten up, fellas. <laughs> awesome. Well, you want to end on that note? That's a pretty profound note. I think that I think you just answered a lot of people's questions, Bob. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Do you want to end on a song? Forget this time. Forget this time. It's the most important thing I've ever written. Okay. Mike, thank you for your time, my friend. We're over here now.